Raise your glasses and welcome the handsome men from Maltage. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Malted, the podcast. This is a podcast about whiskey, but also about beer, but mainly whiskey. Uh, I'm Ben. Uh, we are three handsome gentlemen who are interested in whiskey and all things malted and distilled. Um, we've started this because we have conversations about whiskey, we have conversations about beer, and we figured we might as well record them and put them on, on the internet because that's what you do nowadays. Um, I'd like to throw it over to my co-hosts. First of all, hello Warwick. Hello Ben. Tell us a bit about yourself, Warwick. Um, well, if, if we're three handsome men, I'm probably the most handsome. Um, probably. Definitely the most intelligent and um, probably I have the best sense of humour. So that's me. That's how me did, in a nutshell. How did you get into whiskey? Um, well, I'll be serious for a moment because I, I do need to kind of congratulate you two on my, um, on, on obsession. Yeah. On my obsession <laughs> and, and, you know, creating this gift to the whiskey world that is me. So essentially, um, a couple of years ago for our listeners at home, um, Ben and, and Charlie were friends before I was friends with either of them. And we went to a, and, and now I'm, I'm their best friends, you know, respectively, they don't even like each other that much. Um, so basically they were like, Hey, we're going to go to a whiskey bar. And I was kind of like whiskey. Oh, I don't really like whiskey. My experience with whiskey at the time was just all about, you know, um, Johnny Walker red with Coke or something like that. Not a good experience. And so I, I, um, I wasn't too keen on going, but they told me there was beer and i I like beer a lot. And, um, so I went along and, um, Ben and Charlie were, were having boilermakers. So, um, for the uninitiated, that's when you have a beer and a whiskey at once. Um, not Very together, nice. but, you know, right next to each other. And, um... Like a rum and coke, yeah? <laughs> not at all like a rum and coke. <laughs> um, but, uh, I remember Ben had a boilermaker, which I think was like a really smoky beer of some kind. I can't remember what it was. If I can in- interject here... It was an Ardbeg Ugadal. No, 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 but I'm talking about the beer. So the beer was something smoky, and so I'd liked smoky beers. And I had never actually experienced a smoky whiskey. So when I smelt this Ardbeg Ugadal, I was kind of like, that's amazing. Like, it was so intoxicating. I was just like, I I want that. And I was like, I know what I'll do. I'll give him an Ugadal. Because that's, (laughs) you know, if if you've had an Ugadal, it's... You know, it's very peaty, it's strong, it's smoky, it's something you give to someone who's never had whiskey before to like go, oh, what's this? Yeah, and I remember, um, so it smells great, but the but I think it's the mere strength of the whiskey that is just full on. It's like 52% or something like that. It's not for the faint of heart. And, um, and I tried it and I really liked it, but I didn't like it at all, if that makes any sense. Like it was just too much. And then I just stuck with it. I kept drinking it and, um, and now... Here I am doing a whiskey podcast. Yay, whiskey. Obsessed. <laughs> Charlie. Uh, me. How's um, it going? Hi. <laughs> Sorry. Quiet. It's my first time. <laughs> yes, you've said that. Yeah. It's all right. We'll be gentle. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> We've already started with euphemism. <laughs> that only took, what, five minutes? How did you get into whiskey, Charlie? Um, I think uh, it was uh, duty-free alcohol uh, got me into whiskey. And I... I, I so basically being a tight ass. I, I, no, I don't know. I, th- I went for a Macallan, the Whiskey Makers Edition. I can't remember. It's the red one. Um, 
But before that, when we used to live together, and looking at the microphone like it's a person. Um, <laughs> it is, Charlie. It's, it's looking at you and it's judging like you. It. Should we give it a whiskey name? Like, <laughs> let's, let's introduce the... Uh, the the microphone can be the producer. It can be, um, I don't know, let's call yeah. it... What's the Scottish name? Um, Willie. Yeah, its name is Willie. <laughs> Willie the Mike. <laughs> Thanks to Simpsons, they're all called <laughs> Willie. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, <laughs> there goes our Scottish audience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We won't call it Scotch. We'll call it whiskey, if that's any way of reeling you back in. So we're living together um, and we're drinking. Yeah, and I used to try and get into it then, when Amit would come around and uh, bombard us with his presence, and I'd get Glenn Fiddick, and I'd never got across the line, but then, yeah, I bought this bottle of the Macallan when I came back from Chile, I think it was, and, yeah, one sip of that, and I was, I love whiskey, and um, ever since then I've been into it, but not Warwick into it, but mm. um, that, the difference will become clear. Yeah, it's kind of been like a friendly competition between us in a way. Like, no, I, not at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think at the start there might have been. It's a very unfriendly competition. <laughs> I got into whiskey the same way most people get into whiskey. Oh, sorry, Ben, how did you get into whiskey? <laughs> I got into whiskey the same way most people get into whiskey, which is as a teenager trying to get as drunk as possible, as cheaply as possible. <laughs> I managed to not ruin whiskey for myself that way, like I ruined cask wine. <laughs> like you can ruin cast wine. wine. It's already ruined. <laughs> Red in general, white <laughs> wine. It's all gone. So you never drank Fat 69 then? Oh, I drank Fat 69. Jim Beam drank Johnny Walker Red. Oh yeah, we used to hit class of Jim Beam. Oh, it's terrible. Right. <laughs> I used to feel really fancy getting a Johnny Walker Black and smashing it. Yes. With ice. And I used to think I was very fancy not drinking it with Coke. I was like, I only have ice in mine. Did you shot it? <laughs> Um, um, no, we drank it, we sipped on it. Yeah. At my 19th birthday, I, it was at the Ridge, I, my, uh, my gift to myself was a double Johnny Walker black on and Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, me. Yeah, I'm so special. Now, now I'd give that to somebody I didn't like. Yeah, now I'm like, yeah, I guess, thanks for trying. Shout out to the Regent Hotel in Sydney. Um, and then... I think it was good drinking Johnny Walker Black and trying to feel a little bit pretentious and like feeling that I was in some way Switzerland because then I kept on trying to go further and further and (laughs) And I just continued to like whiskey although I'm not very good at whiskey which will will probably come you know people are like oh I like whiskey because of this and because of that so half the reason we're doing this podcast is I can listen to Warwick and Charlie crap on about whiskey tasting notes and I can go oh, yeah, I can taste that it. I generally just crap on Warwick actually has researched evidence <laughs> where I just generally crap on I, I I reduce everything to just like mere likes and dislikes you know if I I, I want to understand why I like and dislike something but ultimately I like being opinionated about my whiskey drinking <laughs> I think that's what's missing from the whiskey world <laughs> unless anyone wants to sponsor us in that and if you want to sponsor us I'll sell out in a second yeah yeah we, we, we love cheap whiskey. Huge <laughs> oversight you guys are making, and that's assuming that people are listening. <laughs> There's thousands of them. There's millions of them, Charlie. <laughs> hello, listeners. Yes, hello all. One of you. Maybe. So, before uh, we, we turn off, because thinking this is just a load of uh, swill, so to speak, we do, have a, we do have a structure, and <laughs> we're drinking at, this, at the moment. <laughs> Generally, we'll go through a few different sort of segments, so we'll talk about a bit of uh, news that's happened in... in well, not sort of cutting edge news in the last few months or so. Things that are happening in the whiskey world. It might be a bit Australian specific, but you know, that's all right. Um, oh, we're Australian, that's right. Charlie's already gone through one glass of whiskey. It was half a glass. 
and I will be eyeing up another beer quite soon. That's what they all say. Yep. We'll have a bit of a whiskey basics, so what is it? A bit of a history, how, to, how it's made, how to taste it, and then we'll talk about the whiskey that we're drinking today. Again, assumptions that we know what we're talking about. Of course we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Shh, <Charlie. laughs> We'll then talk about a bit uh, about beers that you could drink with whiskey. And you, know, you can drink any beer with whiskey, really, but beers that you might want to try and drink with whiskey. We're drinking. It's a, it's a whiskey that's been bottled at a 43% ABV, which stands for alcohol by volume. It's known as the classic Speyside single malt Scotch whiskey, and it is the Ben Romack 10-year-old. So that's all we're going to talk about for now, and then we'll, we'll, we'll reel them in. Reel, reel you in? Are we reeling people in? We're reeling people we're reeling in reeling people in. Yep. Or they could just Google it. <laughs> Don't Google it. <laughs> we're going to tell you about it. Then you can Google it, and then you can complain that we're wrong. Yeah, please. And then we'll tell you you're wrong. <laughs> all right. So, let's move to the news. That's my news music. <laughs> oh my god! Um, Where it cut me off. I was doing a, a news music thing. I don't know. Anyway, let's go to the news. Uh, the first piece that we have is the Yamazaki 2016 Sherry Cask uh, bottling. 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 Yeah. Why is this an interesting thing? They Warwick? bottled it. So um, let's uh, let's go back to Jim Murray's whiskey bible for 2015. His. Uh, Award-winning whiskey of the year was, in fact, Yamzaki Sherry Cast release 2013. So that was last year's winner. Uh, that well, yeah. So now we're up to 2016 for the whiskey bible, of which case, uh, Canadian Club. No, sorry, Crown Royal is the is the winner. Canadian Club didn't win. Uh, Canadian <laughs> Club didn't win. It's, sorry, it is Crown Royal, a Canadian whiskey. But that's a story for another time. Yeah. You know, Jim Murray's a, a I, I guess, controversial figure in the whiskey world, but. So how um, is this news if we're talking about last year's winner? Well, Yamazaki have released their 2016 Sherry Cast, so it's uh, it's in the same vein as the 2013 Sherry Cast. So um, you can imagine the um, just the the reception was heated uh, when it was announced, and so bottles were sold uh, for for a reasonable price considering what you'd expect. I think they, it worked out to be about four hundred dollars Australian, which would be about two hundred bucks anywhere else in the world because of our Backward taxes, but um, four hundred bucks, something like that. So Ugh. to me, it, that's expensive. But you know, I guess if you're gonna go out and buy a really limited Yamazaki that's like world whiskey defining, then sure, you'd expect to pay something like that. Um, they only had very limited stock, as you would probably uh, assume, mm -hmm. and basically the stock has dwindled to a point now where you're finding it on whiskey auction websites for about $2,000 a bottle. Um, oh. So it's, it's gone pretty crazy. And I guess it's a wider thing about, you know, we'll talk about Japanese whiskey a little bit more uh, in, in maybe a future episode and what makes it kind of special to the world. But Japanese whiskey is just, you know, in huge demand at the moment and they just don't have the supply to cater for it. So Question. that's why it's not. Yes. Um, 2013 Yamazaki, was that age stated? I don't believe so. Uh, okay. Is there a thing with Japanese whiskey and it being non age stated? It is now. What's that thing? <laughs> Tell me, guys. Um, my knowledge is mostly from Warwick's, so I'll <laughs> carry on like it's my own knowledge. Uh, <laughs> basically, they ran out of whiskey, I think, and so they just had to start <laughs> stamping it all no age statement because they couldn't release anything that had an age statement on before because they ran out. So Does it make the whiskey taste worse? Well, 
we're going to try that. Yeah. Uh, I've got a, a I've got a um, is it ten Miyagiko ten or twelve? 12? Uh, no, you've got Miyagiko. No, I just ten. I've got both. Ah, oh, yes. I was going to. I was that was going to be the following comment. Ah, okay. Yeah. Sorry. So I've got both, <laughs> and Warwick has it too, and uh, I've I've also got a Yoichi no age statement, and Warwick has an age stated Yoichi. Oh. So we will. We do have the opportunity. I will, I'm, I'm, I've wanted to compare like with like, so I want to open them at the same time and try them and see how they progress over time. Because I've noted, especially, I mean, this is something I found predominantly with Lark whiskey is that open it and I, I hated it when I first tried it. And then after the bottle's been sitting there for maybe a month or two, all of a sudden I actually really started enjoying that whiskey. Mm. But yeah, straight out of the bottle. Oh, no Charlie good. just got back from Japan. Whose phone is that? Someone's phone is on. No, it's not. It was so soft they wouldn't have even heard. Charlie, <laughs> right on the probably on the microphone. <laughs> Charlie just got back from Japan, so he's got all this Japanese whiskey. He's yeah. here to share, aren't you, Charlie? What? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my phone was ringing. <laughs> okay, anything more about the Yamazaki that we haven't touched on? No, I think uh, I think we'll explore it in a future episode. We'll talk about Japanese whiskey because uh, you know, having just been to Japan in Charlie's case and having tried many Japanese whiskeys, I think it's an interesting topic. Mm. Mm. Okay, next up, Warwick. Warwick, Nan has troubles. Nan has troubles. What are they? Uh, well, it's an interesting story. It's interesting that you should ask. Um, so Nan is a, um, is a Tasmanian whiskey distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, they fashion themselves as Tasmania's Highland whiskey distillery, which is interesting. Um, it's in Bothwell. And Bothwell, for the uninitiated, is a really small town. And um, I suppose it's, it's important because when Nant came to Bothwell, it really created um, some, you know, I, I guess some tourism in the area. And so what actually happened was um, the, there was a guy named Keith Batts, and Keith Batts is a, is a Queensland property entrepreneur, and he um, sunk millions into the development of this distillery. Um, Keith Batts filed for personal bankruptcy in uh, December and um, Shit. so there's been there's been a lot of talk about what's happening with Nant at the moment and some things are coming around so for example um, although Nant say that the uh, finances of the distillery and the finances of Keith Bat are completely separate uh, what's actually interesting is that Nant has uh, been running a barrel program for some time where you can go and you, I think you pay $25,000 for a barrel and then you get the use of that barrel um or you sell it back to Nant and Nant sell it. And they've been saying that you get back at something crazy like 9% interest. So you sell a barrel back to them for about $36,000. People who've bought barrels, including uh, Keith Bat's own brother in this uh, news article, which we'll link to on our Facebook, um, have actually had problems receiving their barrels and finding out what's actually going on with them. So just for the stupid people amongst the audience, <coughs> me, <laughs> when you say you have use of a barrel, yes. what do you mean? So you you just buy a barrel that they fill up for you. So, okay. So it's a it's a small barrel. I believe it's probably only a quarter cast, which would hold about fifty liters or something like that. Um, Sorry, how much for fifty liters? Fifty liters. In so about twenty five thousand dollars. Twenty five thousand dollars Australian for fifty liters. Fifty liters, and then you buy it back. Um, sorry, they buy it back for $36,000. So it's about a 9% interest rate that you get back from, which is, you know, nothing to sneeze at. It's all very confusing. It, it is very confusing. Um, however, the fact that they actually haven't, they, they actually haven't um, stopped, uh, they haven't given people the barrel numbers 
which is interesting. So, so there's talk that the barrels might not even exist. <laughs> if you buy, if you're spending twenty five thousand dollars on something, you'd probably want to know it exists. Yeah, and that's the thing. It it might not actually exist. I just did the uh, math. That's five hundred bucks a liter. Yeah, but I, I might Ooh, totally be wrong. That's an expensive so. liter of whiskey. Yeah, I mean, even for well, if we divide that by seven fifty, Charlie's doing the math right. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> so we're, this math is like music. this is like ABC fact check. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. I mean, five hundred bucks—that's three quarters I might of that. Be, is... I might be wrong about the size of the barrel. Like that, oh, that's okay. that's what uh, we're that's what we're getting hung up on. Oh, but, okay. You know, okay. the fact is, you would pay for a barrel, and the barrel would you know be be bought yeah. back, or you could use barrel yourself. But the thing is, um, people don't know where their barrels are. People don't know where, or if they are. even in fact exist. They they might not even exist. And um, there there was an interesting little tidbit in that article that I might finish on, which was that Keith Batts, who is uh, notorious for sinking money into into crazy publicity stunts, um, he recently bought a yacht that sailed in the Sydney to Hobart race. He bought the yacht and spent about a million dollars uh, getting it fixed up and getting it raceworthy. And he actually captained the boat in the Sydney to Hobart race. I don't know if what he a man. has any experience. Yeah. He was just, you know, he was just sitting there. And this is, you know, mere days after he uh, filed for personal bankruptcy. And the other thing that is also interesting is that he was talked out by his staffers of buying a helicopter. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure like a boat, the best days of owning a helicopter is when you buy it and then when you sell it. It was it, it was it was a Nant branded helicopter. Nant whiskey. I suppose this is a, this is you know Nant's a pretty big brand. They've opened up bars in Melbourne. Yeah, in, all over uh, all over Australia. They've got two in Brisbane. They have got one in Tasmania. They yeah, got one it's here. Nice whiskey too. Yeah, anything that you know improves Australian whiskey is good. So we don't want to see Nant go under. Um, we don't, but we also want to see them financially stable. Yeah. Does uh, it really honestly? Does that matter as long as they're producing whiskey, right? Are they producing whiskey? Keith um, Batts is no longer involved in the day-to-day running of the company. So, okay. um, despite, uh, you know, I guess what could be seen as poor business choices, uh, he might not actually have anything to do with the company going forward. Right. Sweet. Uh, for anyone out there, you should go to Tasmania and drink whiskey because it's really good down there. Um, what's a compass box and what's the scandal I've been hearing about? Compass box are, a, are an independent bottler slash blender of whiskey. Right. And um, they recently came under fire from the Scotch Whiskey Association, which are the, yeah. the, the, the body that regulate um, the, the selling of whiskey. And we'll talk about the Scotch Whiskey Association in a bit more detail later on because they do have a lot to do with what is defined as whiskey. You don't want to get on their bad side. You don't want to get on their bad side, but Compass Box did get on their bad side because what they actually Scotch. did was they, they actually um, posted the recipe their blend so what that actually means is that they said okay so it's 40% this it's 20% that or something like that why is that a problem um, that's a problem because um, the Scotch Whiskey Association deem it to be a problem yeah. so, so what, did you say, what did you say then Charlie I heard you say something no we love the Scotch Whiskey Society we love the Scotch Whiskey Society <laughs> <laughs> the Scotch Whiskey Association oh we and do. them too we love the Even Scotch more. Whiskey Society oh, then um, please, please sponsor us um, <laughs> no, the Scotch Whiskey Association are just a body that regulate um, whiskey so they posted um, their blend. Song. So they posted the recipe of their blend and um, came under fire because somebody would have complained about it. Yeah. Um, from a consumer point, it's good that they're transparent around it. It's good to know. Who would possibly in a, complain? In, well, see, the thing is, like, if you're using somebody else's whiskey to sell your brand, then that's kind of the issue. But don't you have to get permission? Like, you wouldn't have to say, hey, Yamazaki, I'm going to use some of your whiskey in our blend. They would sell it to you, but they might not 
want their consumers to know that they sold their whiskey to you. It's all very convoluted, mm. and honestly, I can't find a reasonable answer to it. That makes now, sense. Compass just... Box, Compass Box have uh, come out recently with a transparency campaign where they're actually lobbying the Scotch Whiskey Association to relax the laws around that so they can post their blends. And it's important because going back to what we were talking about before in the age of no age statements and things like that. I think it is important for whiskey to actually grow in that sense and, you know, um, I guess get with the times around transparency. If I buy a bottle of whiskey, I want to know what's in it, especially if it's blends. But you think it makes sense, Charlie, that they don't... If I'm selling something to someone and it's my... I can sell it to you on the condition with the condition saying... I don't want you to use it. But that's maybe something they need to drop in their contract. That's a funny condition. Here, you can have this, but don't use it. Why not? Because they're scraps, they're dregs, and they're just, we, we can make a profit out of this, you know, or break even on these barrels and sell it to these guys. And we know that the, the stuff I'm selling them is substandard because otherwise I'll be using it. Okay, you, you can know? use it, but don't save that from us. Yeah, because it's a, it's, a, it's a business of creating a whole lot of barrels and trying to create a uniform fl- flavor with all these barrels that you've got. And some of them taste like this way and some of them taste that way. And, you know, if you mix them all together and you get the unified taste and you've got a 10% of them sitting out the back and some, most of them taste pretty crappy, mm. and you sell them on to another guy and they go, oh, it's then sell it on to someone else saying it's 90% someone very famous I don't know I won't, don't want to pick a name just to, <laughs> to, to stave off uh, yeah pissing anyone off but um, yeah then people go oh it's 90% that and it tastes like crap I don't want to I, that, those people are obviously crap so you know I can see where they're coming from for sure so why it's, has Compass Box then turn around and say well why are they why are they doing this if it's not like you know with the, cause I guess because <laughs> well they ran afoul of the regulations and um, you know it wouldn't be an issue I guess if they if they hadn't done that um, but what's interesting about the transparency campaign is now um, Brook Laddick, uh, who are, a, who are a, a whiskey distillery in Isla, which is one of the islands in Scotland. We'll talk about the whiskey region soon. But they've actually gotten on board. They're they're a you know they're a single malt whiskey producer, one distillery, and they um, they've released a, a no age statement whiskey. And and so what they're doing now is that you get a code on your bottle, and if you put that code onto their website, it actually tells you everything about how they've actually made that whiskey. So it'll tell you if there's 10-year-old whiskey in it, five-year-old whiskey, whatever, Um, Mm. which I think is a really good way to do it for the consumer because at least you you kind of have an idea of what you're drinking Mm. in mind. Let's talk a bit about whiskey in regards to what it is, where it's from, brief history, how it's made, how to taste it. So let's start with a a bit of a... What is whiskey, Warwick? What is this stuff that we're drinking? I'm I'm shaking this face. (laughs) Sure, you can. Uh, yeah, water life. I'm sure you can look it up on Wikipedia and find out. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's our podcast, folks. <laughs> so, Here, what is whiskey? Look it up on Wikipedia yourself. <laughs> Why don't we have to talk about it? Yeah, daft bastard. So, um, I guess the story of, of what whiskey is, um, you have to sort of look at the ingredients and then look at the history of how this stuff actually came about. But just to to um, talk about what whiskey is um, in the Scotch sense, it's malted barley um, that is distilled into um, a pure liquid which is clear in color and then you put that pure liquid uh, pure liquid in a barrel and then you age that barrel for a certain amount of time and the the product of that of that malt liquor is uh, is whiskey 
No, that's pretty much it. I believe that liquid's called the New Make Spirit, is often it's referred to as. Uh, yeah, it's it's New Age Statement once it comes out. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it's it's New Make Spirit when it comes out of the of the still, and then you put the the, the um, New Make Statement into a barrel. The New Make Statement. The New Make. <laughs> new Make Liquid. New Make Whiskey. We are drinking as we make spirit. this. <laughs> we are drinking as we make this podcast. This new make podcast. So unprofessional. <laughs> um, where did whiskey come from? Like, who made it first? Like, how did we know that this horrible tasting new make this what this clear liquid that blows your head off can be drinkable and you can drink it like you know. Well, first of all, to anyone listening at home, please don't you know write us an email um, telling me that I've got facts wrong. We're probably you know, wrong, but we're putting yeah. you putting you in the right direction. Whatever, I like that it's wrong. Actually, please do email us. We're very lonely. So, um, we're, we've got to go back to sort of, uh, somewhere around the mid, uh, the middle ages, uh, going into, um, Renaissance, but, uh, it actually originates from Ireland. This is a very contentious subject because the Scotch never want to admit that maybe the Irish made Scottish. their, their national drink, the Scottish, sorry. Um, yeah, but like the Irish made whiskey. No, that can't be, that can't be a thing, but, um, the the official I guess word goes back to a documentation of, of a of a king requesting um, a bunch of of uh, what he called aquavita, which uh, which translates to the water of life, which is basically where uh, the term whiskey comes from. Um, so it was made by Irish monks in a monastery. They just made it um, like beer, but then they distilled it. And I guess the process of distillation, the process of how you make beer and all that sort of stuff, we can get to in a sec. But um, someone put it in a barrel one day. I guess that was just how you would, um, how you would. Uh, well, maybe I'll throw it over to Charlie. No, I just wanted to add the one point that is often overlooked: that whiskey is basically just distilled beer. It is. It's and distilled that's beer. why you should yeah. love it. Yeah. That's, why you should love it. <laughs> that's why you should love it because it's like beer. It's it's purified beer, basically, it's and beer. that's why it goes together well with so so well with beer. It's beer yeah. but pure. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, let's talk a bit about the the age statements. What's an age statement, Charlie? What you've been? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got hyped up on this. this. Contentious. <laughs> what's um, an age? First of all, what's an age statement, and why are they there? It's basically a number on a bottle. Um, so yeah, you buy a bottle, and it'll have ten years, eight years. Minimum of four, I think, in Australia, is it? And I think the same in Scotland. Um, I think so. Please correct me if I'm wrong, general public. Oh, I'll correct uh, you. <laughs> well, you don't need I to was looking at you, waiting for you to correct me. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, according to the Scotch Whiskey Association, whiskey um, needs to be aged in a barrel for three years and one day at an absolute minimum. Um, regulations are different all over the world. So in Australia, it's only two years that whiskey needs to exist in a barrel for. But um, anything that is aged younger than three years and one day in Scotland is not actually whiskey. You just call it some sort of spirit. And I guess that's a marketing thing, whatever you think will sell. Okay. So the idea is that if it's in... It's like the general rule, if it's in the... In a, the higher the age statement, the better the whiskey? Uh... Yes, yes, I'd no. say general rule. <laughs> general rule is, yeah, the general rule, let's say. Or you'll pay more for a, an 18-year-old whiskey as opposed to a... It's a rule of thumb. It doesn't mean it's very accurate, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah, generally, people will associate higher, older ages with 
better whiskey doesn't mean they're right. But what's your beef with age statements, Charlie? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, currently because I'm on the... Uh, I don't disagree with age statements, but I don't... When, when you think about it in a sort of logical sense, you're buying something because you enjoy the flavour. And whether the number on it is 10, 20, 400, 7,000, whoever gives a crap. Mm. It doesn't... What, what does it matter as long as it tastes good? So by saying... Putting a number on it, because there is the general idea that higher numbers are worth more, it's really just taking the, in some sense, the pontification, is that how you say it? Maybe. Yeah, out of the out of the whole industry. It's just the same, so people can't parade around a bottle and go, hey, look, 21, yeah, oh. very good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it just sort of takes that out of it. I believe that the phrase you're looking for there is penis measuring. Yeah, that kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. measuring, pissing competition. I, guess I, I totally agree with you, and I but think that you don't, cynical. Yeah. You, you don't want to reduce it to just a number, but yeah, the cynical argument is that um, they're, selling, they're selling um, whiskey that's just less good, and... Um, but I guess the thing is, to kind of go back to Ben's comment, does age necessarily mean good? And I reckon the answer is, is a definitive no. Because at some point, um, the, the oak that you're aging whiskey in will just overtake the actual character yeah. of the whiskey. It'll just become like chewing on a, on a piece of wood. Um, so I guess that's the thing you've got to look at. And I, I guess, you know, I'm always feeling like anything that's aged over about 30 years from a Scotch sense is a bit... The quality is probably going to drop off pretty significant, significantly. It's going to start to lose something in that. Where'd you get thirty from? I'm just saying thirty years would, to me, be my threshold of where okay. whiskey might start to lose some of its character and be overtaken by the oak. Yep. Okay. Just generally in my experience, and I'm sure that that people would point out plenty of whiskies that are amazing after thirty years. Um, I guess the other thing to look at though is purely from an economic point of view, older whiskey is more costly because mm. um, whiskey evaporates in the car, so you get less of the whiskey. So, um, you know, but uh, potentially at a higher alcohol volume, so therefore you can dilute it down to the. Or, or in some instances lower. Like I mean, for example, yes. in in, uh, in India, you have whiskey that um, that actually will gain quite a bit of strength in the cask. Basically, due to the humidity. Yeah, yeah. Whereas uh, in in Scotland, um, it does tend to lose character. Yeah. I guess the other thing is when you're looking at peated whiskies, and this is interesting because of of Ardberg that we were talking about before. Um, Peat will start to, to lessen. I guess the intensity will lessen as it spends time in the car. So just for those people who want, who want to know, peat is a is comes from the peat bog. So it's a it's a thing that they burn and the smoke gets infused with the um, with the spirit, which gives they, it a certain taste. Barley. Burn it under barley. the malted barley. Isn't that how they stop the barley germinating? Told you, shit whiskey. Yeah. So they basically get a whole bar, all the barley seed, chuck it, wet it, so it thinks that it's about to grow. So it starts growing, and then they go, I'm going to kill you. And so basically put it over a peat fire. Going to kill you? Yeah, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so, so basically, it's like it's like killing a chicken for your dinner. Yeah. yeah. It's that depressing. And they use... <laughs> peated whiskies are used, use peat, burn, burning peat, to kill the whis- to kill the, uh, the barley. So yeah, mm. naturally, if you're chucking smoke up to kill, kill or to stop... Let's just say stop the <laughs> barley germinating any further... That'll yeah, some of that flavour will impart itself onto the into the grain. Right. Yeah. 
I guess what's interesting though, I, I guess, you know, again, going back to the barrel thing is that, you know, I, I, I brought up Ardbeg because Ardbeg have a really peaty style of whiskey. Too peaty. Um, too peaty in some, in some, uh, yeah. you know, some opinions. I'm the odd one out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> opinions that we don't respect or acknowledge. Um, it's a numbers <laughs> game. They've only got the numbers on me. <laughs> it's up there. Um, but, you know, in order to have like a really intensely peaty whiskey like Ardbeg Ugedal that we mentioned before, um, they'll have to use some really young whiskey in there so you've got that really strong pity character but mm. they'll also balance that out with older spirits so that you get that character and I guess that that sort of dignified for lack of a better term um, flavour profile to it um, and Arbeg Ugedal is consequently, consequently a no-age statement whiskey mm. there we go mm. and that's my favourite whiskey of all time the other, the other uh, argument against the no-age statement is the fact that where people were getting whiskies before where they knew that the youngest whiskey was 10 years say then they're buying the same whiskey now and they don't know what's in it so they're just sort of it's there's the skepticism creeps in of oh they're only doing it because they've run out of barrels they can't afford to maintain they can't keep up with demand so the only reason they're doing it is because of that mm. so that's the other skeptical sort of argument against the no age statement okay uh, ethos I suppose or I've always liked to think of it as well as uh, I mean there's there's of course many differences but if you think of a whiskey in Scotland that's aged for 10 years versus a whiskey that's aged for about 3, 4 years in Australia they'll actually have very similar qualities in, 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 the, in, in what the, the age will, will do mm. um, so I think it's really difficult I mean especially if you're looking at um, Australian whiskies and you've got you know the Australian whiskey that's aged for 4 years versus the, the Scotch whiskey that's aged for 10 years the uninitiated uh, whiskey drinker might just go, okay, 10. 10 is better. I'm going to go for that one. So I think it becomes really hard to compete. It doesn't create a level playing field. But then again, the, the argument against all of this is that if I'm a consumer, I want to know what I'm getting. Yeah, that's the way I see it. Mm. And then the romantic in me will say, who cares as long as it tastes good? <laughs> it's, it's, that's not a very romantic way of putting it. But yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> such it, a romantic it, doesn't, it, doesn't matter yeah. how, it doesn't matter how it gets there, but if by the time you drink it, it's fantastic, then who cares, really? I mean, then it's okay. basically reducing the quality of the whiskey to itself rather than to a number of, that can't be influenced by numbers on a label. And that's so a, yeah, and that's a statement that like Cavalon, a Taiwanese um, distiller would make. Now, if you've kept up with whiskey news, you know Cavalon has had a bit of a name recently. But they only have stuff in barrels for a very short period of time because Taiwan's so goddamn hot and humid. Yeah, and I actually challenged the master distiller on that when he came to the Whiskey and Ale in Melbourne and asked him, "Is do you feel like you run up against a bit of a wall sometimes because you've got this minimum time mm. to barrel it, to call it a whiskey, and the hot climate, and you... Yeah, he said, yeah, no, that is that does present a challenge for us. That mm. They actually had to, I think, I'm not sure what the number age requirement was in Taiwan, but yeah, he did admit that it was a bit of a challenge that they had to not overage their whiskey. Charlie was so starstruck. I, 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 I somehow developed a crush on this guy. It might have been three or four whiskeys I had before we got there. Yeah. Well, I'm very depressed but, that I didn't get to go to that because I can imagine my, my crush would have been... Uh, quite intense <laughs> he was very um, cute 
speaking, speaking of, uh, of, um, of age, though, I think, you know, one of my favorite whiskies, and I, I know I gave the Ardbeg a good old example, um, but one of my favorite young whiskies that actually had an age statement was uh, from Kilhoman. It was uh, the Kilhoman Port Matured Whiskey. It was only about three years old, so it's the absolute youngest that I guess it can possibly be. Um, and one but day. it was, sorry? And one day. And, uh, it, well, yes, and one day. one day. Um, but it was incredible. I thought it was really good. I thought it just had, it, it was like a deep sort of, um, bright red, just like, like port, basically. And because it had taken on so much character in such a short amount of time, it was really intensely porty and peaty. I, I actually really thought you said way. deep, bright red, like pork. So <laughs> <laughs> like, that doesn't sound appealing at all. Yeah, uncooked pork. <laughs> it was a porky whiskey. Well, okay, so that's we've talked a bit about where whiskey's come from, we've talked a bit at least what it is, how it's made, but the most important thing is how do you drink it? So there's lots of wanky ideas about how you drink whiskey, and there's lots of stuff, if you go on YouTube, there's some very interesting techniques. Oh, what's his name? I don't know. Oh, we should have looked it up before we started. <laughs> uh, Hello. I, I can't remember his name, but he was the, he was the master blender for Dalmore. Yeah, um, we've got a very humorous way of approaching tasting whiskey. If anyone wants, to we would recommend you looking at that video. Yeah. Maybe we'll post a link on our Facebook. Maybe we yeah. will. Yeah. So he was the master still for who? He, uh, Dalmore, Dalmore, and Jura as well, which is probably falls under the same thing. I actually don't yeah. know. Uh, well, he was definitely promoting Jura and his thing. So please send us an email if you know the answer. <laughs> I'm sure we can look it up, but you know. Yeah. So um, we need very friends. Funny guy. Warwick's going to learn me today, it seems. <laughs> um, I figured we'd just all talk about how we are, we, we drink whiskey, uh, or taste whiskey, and we'll use our, our feature whiskey of the podcast, the Ben Romack. Now, I hope, you know, we mentioned it at the start, so you've put the podcast in, and you put your headphones on, and you've gone in, and you've, you've listened to us as you walk down to the shop. Sorry. sorry, sorry for talking while you're talking, Charlie. Um, I've run out. <laughs> You've got it. No, I finished it. <laughs> Charlie's run out of whiskey and he's trying to he's trying to beg for mine or Warwick's. So I tried to steal Warwick's, but he looked at me with such disdain. <laughs> <laughs> please, please send us free whiskey samples. That's what we we're basically saying. Because if Charlie because Charlie just <laughs> smashes his, this, this is what happens when we run out of whiskey. We're we're actually going to yeah. start fighting. The infighting starts. Yeah. So I probably would have been better if we hadn't been drinking before we started tasting. But you know, whatever. Really? Well, you know, yeah. start with a fresh palate and all that sort of stuff. Nah. When I drink a whiskey, I tend to, I'll go for. You know, maybe two. Or you have a note. You, you nose the whiskey. So if you want to be a real wanker, when you nose the whiskey, that's just basically smelling it. It's yeah. It's called dosing. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't say it's a wanky way of saying it. It's, just... it's so wanky. Yeah, it's, it's you just, could just say smelling just... the whiskey. Why can't you say smelling? Because why do you have to say nosing? You can actually get your nose in the glass. But it's like <laughs> saying this is nosing and then this is mouthing when you drink it. Like, why doesn't anybody say mouthing? Mouthing the whiskey. Well, maybe we should. From now on, we're mouthing our whiskeys. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so speak for yourselves. So, mouthing. <laughs> mouthing. Um, mouthing. No, mouthing. No. <laughs> um, I'll give it, I don't know, two smells in between um, with a bit of a pause in between the two different nosings of the whiskey. Now there's one, two, wafting the, the glass underneath your nose as you do it, and then I'll have a sip. Mmm. <laughs> He's turning it on. 
<laughs> Just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> uh, that's how I like to do it. Uh, obviously, you know, the drunker I get, the less that happens, but you know. Do you, do you always chew your whiskey? I try to. I've never seen you chew it before. I think you're doing it for the... <laughs> I'll see you do it there, yeah, no, that, that way, yeah. I was overplaying the noise because, okay. you know, the podcast is such a visual medium yeah. that everyone can see me doing it, but I'll like to work the whiskey around in my mouth. Work it? Yeah, work That's it. That's why we call it mouthing. Working it around. <laughs> Charlie, so, Charlie, how do you do it? You're so critical. I've not developed a way of doing it, actually. What are um, all these glasses in front of this you? This is, yeah, I've got, I've actually got two glasses in front of me because we, I tried this earlier in the week to try and take some notes, which that I dutifully left at home when I left the house to get here. Um, and I thought I'd be scientific about it because background as an engineer, you tend to approach things somewhat methodically at times. Do you? My, <laughs> which comes as a shock to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because, um, yeah, anyway. Um, so what I decided to do was, um, yeah, pour two, two glasses and dilute one slightly. Because I do actually often like my whiskey diluted. Uh, this time I've actually marked one of my Glencairn glasses with a W. Ooh. So I know which one's got water in it. I hope that is a permanent marker. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a connector pen from Faber-Castell that you use. Yeah. Are we pushing for sponsorship? Yeah, we are. Please sponsor us. <laughs> we'll take your free texters. <laughs> we'll take anything, really. So you're going to drink your water, the water? So, yeah, so then I can start with the more dilute one because often, maybe not this one, what, what percentage are we talking here? 43%. 43%. Probably not so much of the 43% whiskey. You can, but higher alcohol, when you're approaching 50 or above, yeah, you can basically burn your no, uh, nasal passage all the little guys that do the smelling for you in your nose <laughs> yes don't technical description there yeah <laughs> but also with your taste buds when you when you sip on it you can also so that alcohol yeah you can just somewhat temporarily destroy your t- palate so I thought I'll try and do as many notes as I possibly could which I don't have here and uh, very professional yeah but this is my method and it was quite fun actually to do that and so then I just basically keep sniffing it um because I was doing the tasting this time, because I usually just drink it and enjoy it, I don't really, I just smell it, mm, that smells good, and then I have a sip and I'm like, mm, that tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd have a beer with it, like, oh, that beer goes so well with it, and back and forth, and then I get really drunk. And where do you like um, all your whiskeys? <laughs> you don't like, mm, that's awful, smash. <laughs> all sometimes. <laughs> no, that's, <laughs> Warwick goes, mm, that's awful, I'll blend it. Or <laughs> <laughs> I go, mm, it's not so good, but I'll keep drinking. Well, why don't you yeah. taste your water one then? So that's what you taste. Oh, we've got to get to Warwick's methodology. So yeah, then I did that, and then I went to the more alcoholic one, and I did the same with that. And that's that was actually quite a fun process to go through. But uh, Warwick, Warwick, how do you how do you like to drink your whiskey? Well, my methodology is all about faith. <laughs> oh, um, so so uh, so so when you have a whiskey and it's uh, you know let's let's just say it's um, you know in this instance it's forty three percent. My impression is that the person who's actually blended this whiskey and they've bottled it at that strength has chosen that strength specifically because it was intended to be uh, drank at that strength so I, I i don't really add any water to my whiskey i tend to just kind of go with it as what it is um, that changes if i approach a cast strength whiskey which is when you actually have something uh, over yeah over, i was going to interlude on that one yeah over 50 over 55 percent say or in some instances um, then you kind of have to add water but I think ultimately um, you do kind of get the joy of being able to um, 
the, the joy of being able to, um, you know, see what water actually does. But just in general, like, I wouldn't want to dip this past 43% too much. I like to keep it at 40, uh, 43. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about this one, the Ben Romack, 10-year-old age statement. Um, I've been drinking it whilst listening to you guys talk about it, and I've got a few tasting notes. In general, I find tasting notes pretty wanky, so um, take this for whatever you wish. I, I, I can... Rain on a summer's day. When I'm smelling it, <laughs> when I'm tasting it. Um, I, oh, a negative thing about this whiskey, I think, is that for the strength of alcohol in it, I think it's a bit too, there's a bit too much of an alcohol kick for it. Um, but I can definitely taste a few hints of, say, walnut um, or walnuts. Um, and maybe a little, there's a sweetness there, which I'd probably say is a bit vanilla-y to me. But I think um, awkward pause as I drink it. I mean, it's definitely a really it's a good whiskey to have on a night where you're just drinking, smashing whiskey and beer. I think that would be a fun one to do. Um, but I think the alcohol, it's sort of like the middle. You know, as it, as you drink it, so you know the opening of the of the of the taste is a bit too strong with the alcohol, but then it sort of. The walnut and the, and the meal sort of kicks in at the end, which I quite like. Say walnut. Walnut, yes, walnut. Okay. Um, Charlie, what do you reckon? Okay. It seems so you've got, you got both the, the watered and the unwatered yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so <laughs> because I've lost my notes, I'm trying to remember them and I'm also trying to just go at it fresh at the same time. So I'm hitting it frantically with two glasses while Ben's talking, go, mm, yes, mm, mm, what does yes. this actually taste like? <laughs> God damn it, I don't have my spice cupboard anymore. Because uh, actually, yes, during the week when I tried this in the week, I because it was the first time I'd ever tried attributing things in a in some sort of formal sense to a whiskey. I actually ran up to the spice cupboard and started sniffing things and sniffing the whiskey, trying to work out what I smelled. Uh, That's I dedicated. Think, yeah, well, I just I wanted, I, but it didn't really help. <laughs> <laughs> just confused actually, you. No, that's actually a lie. It, it, by the end, when I first smelled it, I'm like, it smells like fucking whiskey. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know, it smells pretty good. And I did actually, I do, I did relate to what Ben was saying about um, the alcohol really coming through on the nose. Um, yeah, I, it's, and the other thing I did was actually look at a number of different, different tasting notes online and try to sort of, if they said they tasted cardamom or something, I would get the cardamom out, sniff it and try it. And like, mm, yeah, maybe a little bit of cardamom. So I did actually, yes, get a little bit of cardamom, but then I noticed that I was getting almost everything that I was sniffing. So <laughs> I was wondering, what the hell? I need more practice at this. So maybe it's in time, yeah, I'll get better at it. But uh, yeah, let me... I remember writing down that at one stage I got... When I tried the full strength, the one that I hadn't diluted, uh, almost like a jelly bean sweetness came oh, yeah. through that disappeared when I went back to the which I hadn't noticed before and then when I went back to the diluted one yeah it wasn't there which jelly bean? I knew that would be us probably <laughs> it was more just like the general so maybe just that really sugary but probably aniseedy jelly, jelly bean the black, black one the black yeah one. Black I never one. eat the black jelly yeah, beans yeah the black jelly beans are horrible but yeah and I was trying to see if I could notice it then again and I think I know I can see where I was coming from but maybe not so much so it's so subjective but um, that's the fun part He's drinking it. I am going down. Yeah. 
yeah, again, yeah, that alcohol really comes through. So that sort of makes it a bit harder and it's quite grainy, I think. That was one thing that a few people said when I was looking at the, the tasting notes and I was a lot, I'll just come back to it. When you say grainy, time. what do you mean by grainy? Well, I guess, like yeah, barley. like... Like out of focus? Like, do you taste barley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pixelated. Um... <laughs> um that it, if you go sort of smell, I went and smelled the rice and the spaghetti because people were saying grains on there. Yeah. Someone said noodles and spaghetti or something, and I was so I went to the oats and the mm, rice. And, actually, no, it was more the oats. I think it was. Yeah. But it's because I kept going to this whole thing of uh, it just tastes like whiskey. Then when I noticed that a few people were mentioning it tasted. But you know, they, this grain thing was coming through. I was like, oh yeah, because it's basically just the malt yep. coming yeah. through, and that's one of the prevalent flavors I'm getting. So mm. yeah, that's what I sort of kind of ended up lying down on. And there is a distinct spice to it, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. That um, like almost I remember when what your blend that you put together when I first tried, I thought you put a rye in it because it was quite spicy, mm-hmm. and I got the same sort of spice that not quite as spicy as that, but even though you hadn't put a rye in it, I don't know where that spice came from. I can't remember what you probably talked about. You might talk but, about uh, that. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the spice, there is a spice in this. Okay. I quite, I do enjoy that. Actually, actually. yeah, I can taste that. Yeah. Mm. It kind of makes it dance around your mouth. If you were to give it a score, so we're going to do the thing where we score the whiskeys we try, try out of five, because, you know, we all like numbers. What would you grade... So That's yeah, funny. we did decide on three to f- what three to five. Yeah. Charlie argued. <laughs> Charlie argued about this. Being the engineer. No, I didn't. Well, um, we decided on a score of one to five. Or zero to five. We're allowed decimals of 0. 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> this was a big point. Yes. yes. Everybody. Very yeah. unhappy. I give Charlie's response a three point five. <laughs> he says that because I was arguing against the point fives. And having argued against it, I'm going to give it 3.5. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious because that's exactly what I was going to give it as well. Yeah, mm. no, I think so. I mean, when you're thinking, yeah, so three average, and then you can iterate from there either way. Uh, yeah, it is a, I mean, for the, if we're bringing price into it, I'll probably bump it up to a four because it is a relatively cheap whiskey, isn't it? What did we pay for the bottle? I think we paid about ninety dollars for it. Ninety bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If I was taking the price into account when I gave it that, which I shouldn't, I'd probably bump it up to a four. But um, based on what it is, I'll just give it a three point five. Yeah, three point five. Warwick, we haven't heard from you yet. Yeah. Warwick. So, so look. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think probably the idea of the of the whiskey being sort of spicy to me um, comes from a really subtle peat to it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of where you get the grain from because I think that, mm. you know, what this is is a really good, um, you know, so the idea um, behind choosing the Ben Romac was that it was a really, um, I guess it was a really typical whiskey. Yeah, um, we nailed it, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, re- well, really, you know, and that's not to say it's bad. It's well, just like a, <laughs> it's just like a really classic kind of whiskey that where you get that sweetness and you also get that graininess and, mm. and um so basically, I guess what I got was a lot of um, like forest fruits, like black currant or something like that. But I definitely pick up the walnuts. But I reckon it's the peat that that I pick up the most. I actually think it's deceptively peaty, um, and I reckon that if you were a real peat head and you weren't sure how to transition into like a lighter, sort of more florally whiskies, I reckon this would be a great way to do it. Um, it's funny you say that because when I tried it, I didn't 
get so much pee. I don't know why. Because I usually am quite averse. Well, I'm really averse to the Aardberg and the Lefoig and yeah, and Lagavul and yeah. I just they they tend to make me recoil a bit because I, all I can taste is pee. But I guess the pee this is quite well balanced. I think it's yeah. I don't taste actually, a lot of pee. I didn't actually. That didn't actually come to the front of like I didn't say like, oh yeah, there's pee there. I didn't even notice it. Yeah, it's it's there when you sometimes it catches me and I notice it, but. On the, it's not the f- thing that strikes me like it does you, Warwick. It doesn't. It's not the first thing that hits me. It's that spice that kind of hits me first. I think um, you know I, I tend to drink a lot of peaty whiskies, and so you know if I was to have this after an Arberg or a Laphroaig or something like that, I probably wouldn't pick up on it. I no. probably think this is like a really sort of you know um, I guess basic whiskey comparatively. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that something with with peaches is, is more complex or anything like that. But I do think it, you know, ultimately that's kind of what I really picked up from it was just that that peat influence was a lot more pronounced yeah. than, than I guess was originally. Spread. Tasting it again with that in mind, you get that like when it opens up with the spice and the alcohol hit, the peat really sort of comes in towards the end as you sort of blowing it out your nose and breathing it out. Yeah, it's pretty subtle though. Yeah, definitely. But it really gets overshadowed by that for me anyway. That alcohol hit of um, sort of that punch. I yeah. tried that blowing it through the nose thing. That's quite interesting. Like <laughs> inhaling, take a sip, yeah. and then exhale through the nose. That's interesting. I like it. Mm. You know, I, I don't I don't think that the alcohol is all that strong on this. I think like the by forty three percent I don't really pick up that kind of, you know, real ballsy kind of whiskey. I, I, I think that what would make this whiskey even better to me is that that um, you know, if it was stronger, I reckon I'd like it more. Really? Um so yeah. I, I mean I don't find the alcohol too overbearing it's more for the type of whiskey it is it seems a bit too much it's just to me anyway yes yeah, this prevalent and i, I remember I, i'm not sure where it came up but hearing somewhere people saying i hate seeing ethanol written in the flavor notes because it's just a lazy way of saying that there's some sort of sweetness alcoholic flavor there that i can't quite lay my finger on mm-hmm. and being a novice i just was like yeah, yeah it's eth- ethanol <laughs> yeah. well, the alcohol in it does it oh good I'm glad my whiskey had alcohol in it yeah and I was just yeah I noticed it that's it that's that's <laughs> it's pretty useless not, thing to say like, it is ethanol. it yeah. really is but I get it with some like with most I guess yeah actually with most whiskeys and it's actually a surprise when it's not there more than when it is so but in this one yes it's, def- it's definitely there mm. that sort of lazy Note. Let's not be too creepy. We kind of we like this one. It's above yeah, average, average, slightly. I, I think it's it's worth being in your collection. Yeah, like, I, I think you know if you wanted a whiskey, especially if you wanted to give a whiskey um, as a gift to somebody who yeah. might not drink whiskey, I reckon this would be a good thing to, to give them. Yeah, I mean, um, thinking that people generally default to Glenfiddich and mm. Macallan, maybe. Yeah, it's just it's it's yeah, pretty it's widely a bit more well thought out. Maybe mm. yeah, you'd. Go Ben Romac 10. It's inoffensive, unoffensive. It's it's easy to drink. So if you're buying a present for someone who usually just drinks like Johnny Walker or John, usually drinks like Glenfiddich or something like that, yeah. it'd be a good like try this one. Yeah, I reckon Dude. it'd be perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. but you know, you guys know that I've got a, a preference on that one. Yeah, <laughs> another time. So right. so I'll I'll give it a three point five as, as well, well, which means that's that, the average really easy. Yeah, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of average. I right, so so if we have an official malted aggregated score we give it a 3.5 yeah, 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 out yeah, of yeah. 5 
Yay, go Ben. But, back. but, <laughs> it's got a good first part of the name. But what, what beer would we drink with it, fellas? Well, I, I, um, the first beer that I brought out was Hefeweizen, um, by, it, it's, um, Six String Brewing Company. I guess if you're not in Australia, don't even bother looking for it. It's a, it's a really small brewery up in uh, the Central Coast. A where, challenge! Where I'm actually from. <laughs> um, but I actually, I just pulled out a Hefeweizen and I thought, first beer of the day, and then I tried it with this whiskey and I thought, it works really well. I think it works. It's not too, you know, it's a really clean sort of beer that goes well with a really kind of spicy whiskey. Mm. So we're drinking a pale ale at the moment, an exit pale ale. Well, I, you guys haven't shared that with me. Can I have some? No. You have this bit. Oh. <laughs> it's over. We finished it. Orrick yeah. drinks slowly to his detriment. Yeah, I was concentrating on <laughs> I was concentrating on delivering a quality podcast. I believe that you did. <laughs> I agree that a clean, sort of crispy, sort of you know, not too heavy you'd be is good with this one. So the yeah, I, I wouldn't go a heavy beer with it. Um, and I think that Hefeweizen worked really well with it, but I'm not that into it the Hefeweizen so there was just that drawback on that one but I think they matched quite well so if you like one go for it uh, being a Pilsner and then yeah the Pale Ale being a lighter ale but quite hoppy um, so this is a more fruity actually quite a fruity Pale Ale yeah it also went quite well with it I thought yeah I thought it was good the, yeah. so the exit the brand's exit um, again is that Australian is that an Australian they're Melbournians Melbourneian like so basically it's sort of somewhat in the same region realm as your Sierra Nevada but yeah pro- a lot more sort of tropical fruits um, sort of side of things it's a lot more citrusy I wish I tried it more citrusy I wish you left some for me being that I bought that beer and it's my house <laughs> there you go come on have my dregs <laughs> You tell me. All right, I'll I'll be the judge of this beer. I actually really like Exit. I think they're an amazing. He's brewery. Really angry that we drank it all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this but, is worth getting angry. Um, and I think that I <laughs> no, no, I actually genuinely like Exit, and I'm I'm you know trying to get a sponsorship here. Um, <laughs> I, I think they're fantastic. So what have we got? Faber Castell. Yeah. Exit. Ben Romack. But, but not anything. Anything really. Bag. But not not Johnny Walker. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't want to piss off Johnny Walker. They make the green, actually. Come on. The green's we've, fantastic. We've, you've brought me back on the green just It's recently. actually similar to this. I would say that it's in a yeah. similar flavour. Yes, case. actually, with the spice, yeah. But I think the Johnny Walker green is better. I don't know. Whoa! Now he's coming Damn back. Now we just lost our bed and run it. <laughs> Damn it. What do you think of the beer, Warwick? I like it. It's it's really like, you know, it's it's very citrusy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Quite citrusy. So yeah, I think this whiskey goes with your lighter beer. So yeah, your Pilsner, Hefeweizen. Um, mm. Maybe not your German style Pilsners. They're, yeah, I don't know. I, I haven't got one to compare it with. Yeah. But maybe that's just my bias against... <laughs> if this, like let's not get racist. <laughs> if this no, whiskey, the style, not the people. I went surfing with a German today. It's not what totally you cool. Did you? Right. <laughs> if this whiskey were a, were a character from pop culture, who would it be? Who's oh, spicy? Sporty spice. Sporty spice. Girls. You reckon to be sporty spice? I don't know. No, no, that was. I was just Charlie saying, says sporty spice. 
Sporty. Yeah, I'm going to go with Don't Sporty Spice. And I'm going to tell you why. I think Sporty Spice, you know, she's spicy, but at the same time, she's kind of sporty. Like, you know, she's sort of... Oh, I see what you did there. That's good. And compared yeah. to the rest of the Spice Girls, slightly above average. Is she a competitive wrestler? Which one? Well, compared to the rest of the Spice Girls, oh. she was the only one that could sing. <laughs> did you hear uh, what I... I thought you said competitive wrestler Spice Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of those competitive wrestling? Is that like an old WWE? That'd be so awesome. The competitive wrestling spice (laughs) girls. That'd be awesome. Ginger (laughs) spice and scary spice (laughs) against ICP. (laughs) You know what? It'll be picked up and like created. Let's let's uh, let's copyright. It started here, folks. (laughs) That idea, goddammit. Um well I think that almost brings us to the end. But Warwick, did you have something somewhat of a surprise? I did have a surprise. A surprise! So I've got a I hobby. I wasn't meant to know what this was, but then they let me know. I've got a hobby. So it's not a surprise. Charlie, don't ruin the surprise. <laughs> yeah, so, so for... <laughs> for me, I'll ruin it for everyone else. <laughs> so so for, for, uh, for the, you know, posters of the show, um, I actually, I, I'm a big fan of blending. I, like, as, a, as an art form, I really like blending. Which I alluded to um, before, which tends to be your whiskies that you don't like, but you just chuck them to a bottle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so to, to me, it's kind of an attempt to make things better. And um, I can tell you what's in it, but then the Scotch Whiskey Association might have got me. No, And we love um, them. So, so I, I got whiskey and, and um, I had a bunch of whiskies that I didn't like. And probably the big components were uh, Glenmore 12. I didn't like Glenmore 12 at all. Um, I just thought it was too too sweet, too vanillary, just like, you know, too nothingy. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't like Bushmills 10. And I know that you and I disagree on this, but... Yeah, I, Bushmills, I, I quite like the Bushmills 10. The Bushmills 10, to me, didn't agree at all with my palate. Like, I just didn't like that thing. It was just... I think if we're going to get some regular listeners, they need to know now, we often disagree. We do disagree, <laughs> which is good. But I think we've been disagreeing for the whole... Uh, whole yeah, time. if you hadn't picked up on that. Um, <laughs> and the other whiskey was... Uh, I don't know um, if this is even available in any other country, but um, McClellan's... I don't even know where they're from. I can't find any information on it. But it's a single malt, and it's a Highland single malt. But they also have Isla single malts, and they also have Lowland single malts, which is weird. So it's not all from one So store. weird. But they call it a single malt. So, so anyway, <laughs> I, got these, I got these whiskeys... I married them all out together, and then I put some other things in there. Some whiskies that I liked more. Um, one of those was a, was a seven-year-old Glen Ross sherry that I just put a touch into, but it just kind of gave it a real sherry influence. Okay, so what, what have we got? And then, but what then. we did, what we did, is we got a cask, and we cured the cask with Pedro Jimenez sherry. Well, actually, there's a bit more history to the cask than that. It's Charlotte's. It was a very generous gift from my um, ex-girlfriend. Um, and ooh. yeah, ooh, contentious. Um, and yeah, she came back from uh, the states with this little one liter Scot. Well, I, was, I have to call it a Scotch barrel because it's got Scotch emblazoned on the side. Personally, I would have rather it said whiskey without the E. So I had a disillusion. All right, you came back with a barrel. It's a but, very so, small little barrel. So the first thing I put, it's I, very yeah, cute. I had to cure it with water, but then I we'll put a photo of it on the on that Facebook. <laughs> then I chucked uh, some. Uh, cask port wine in there to to start that off and kept a sample of that beforehand before and after and it actually nailed that I've got some really nice port now um, and then I chucked some Jameson's in there and that went through a life of its own and actually turned out really nice I did discover what Warwick was saying that this being a one liter it tends to a- it actually rapidly ages the whiskey 
and I did notice there was a peak to the flavour and then it dropped off. And then but it made the Jamisons nice, did it? It did. Ooh. Really nice. Not that Jamisons isn't a good whiskey. I mean, for the price and everything, fine whiskey for the price. It's, you know, when you buy it for 40 bucks a bottle, come on, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> 40 bucks in Australia is really cheap for all the Americans out there thinking, God damn it, I get this for 40 bucks and it's... <laughs> anyway. Anyway, that's cheap in Australia, unfortunately. And so then we get to, uh, it sat dry for a while and then Warwick was sitting there with a blend that he was working on and we decided to, yeah, chuck the Pedro yeah. sherry in there and then... Uh, Here we, we go. And, and it probably took about five weeks um, in the cask really before it just became something else entirely. And I think even though the whiskies itself were not that great, um, what came out of it, I think, is really surprising, and um, it took a while for it to become anything more than just kind of that hit of, you know, you just kind of like you taste that whiskey and you're just kind of like, ooh, you know, it really picks up some strength in the cast. But then it sort of became something really complex, and I think, you know, it really needs a touch of water in order to kind of open it up. I'm going to taste it with that water, which is different from which what is... I was saying before. Well, no, because you, you said you were trusting the bottler. Yeah, if I was if I was the <laughs> blender, I would I would bottle it probably <laughs> around maybe forty five percent, and I think it's probably substantially higher than that. I would say that's probably about forty nine percent. I'm so, going to try it without water first. So, for the listeners, yes, we are trying a whiskey and talking about a whiskey that you'll never have the opportunity to try. Well, let's never say never. <laughs> but the other awesome bit that I can't wait to get to is that I actually. Warwick has, because he gets samples sent in with his whiskey nerdness from all <laughs> over the place, so he's got all these little sample bottles. So I requested, because I left the, the va- uh, cask at his place, that he bottled a little sample every time he thought there was a distinct change in the whiskey. And there's six bottles sitting on top of his stereo, staring at me right now, going, try me, try me. <laughs> and there's actually, you can see like a spectrum of colours as it goes along. It's quite... Quite awesome, and then this one, which is the richest color of all. It's yeah, yeah it sort of goes from a light, sort of almost yeah, your typical sort of shaded whiskey, and gets quite dark towards the end. I guess it takes on more of the mm. sherry, and it really the picks up a lot of the sherry. Yeah, and I just noticed it there. Yeah, it's like you smell really it, and it's all cherry. It's got seeing those raisins it, that yeah. fun pudding from it. Yeah, yeah. seeing as no one else can have a, really have a go at this, let's just have one thing each we can say about this before we finish up because you know no one else really cares. <laughs> Except to maybe inspire them to try the same process. Yeah, it's definitely. actually really fun. Yeah, work and I've, I will uh, say though, the alcohol kick in this is not as severe as the one in no, the it's More balanced, mm. I think. Yeah, more balanced, huh? Yeah. The, well, Charlie said more, the the, the alcohol flavor <laughs> is more balanced. <laughs> Charlie yeah. said more balanced, but I just think that it's it's a lot less alcoholic yeah than the Ben Romac. and it's still got the sweetness because of the whiskies that I actually used but I yeah. think what the sherry did was really balance it out and sort of make it a little bit more refined I suppose it just it, it, you don't have that initial sweetness you've got more of that kind of you know. it's actually really quite smooth isn't it yeah especially yeah. once you add a little bit of water um, so yeah I remember I got to try one of the earlier samples um, it was actually a lot of the wood coming through yeah. earlier on Yes. Which is funny, like over time you would have thought more wood would impart its flavour on the whiskey. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's because it's got more sherry in it now and that's sort of just been phased out or if it's actually phased itself out somehow. I don't know. 
But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And I really can't wait to go through that spectrum of bottles. It's well, I think that might, that takes us to an end while we get... Well, before we do that, can I just say, before we're going to give this a no, score out of five. We're oh. going to give it a five? We're oh, gonna we're going to give it a five. Is it our first five out of five? We're yeah. on the show. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. sounds great. Five out of five. Yeah, five out of Close five. All right. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to get stuck into this, so we'll let you know how our hangover goes with our amateur blended whiskey. Terribly. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on SoundCloud. You're on Instagram. What's our username on Instagram? Uh, username on Instagram is just Malted the Podcast. Malted the Podcast. On Twitter, same thing. Malted Podcast, actually. There's no B because there was a limit of characters on Twitter. It's kind of Twitter's shtick. Yeah, it is really. Fine. God yeah. damn you, Twitter. You can email us. Way to, you know, disrupt the giants, man. Yeah. Prod a fucking bull. We're, 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 trying to, we're trying to start an empire here. <laughs> Twitter's for trolls, anyway. Email us at Malted, oh, the, God. Malted the Podcast at gmail.com. That's Malted the Podcast, one word, all lowercase. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback <laughs> or not. <laughs> Tell us about the whiskey. Yeah. Tell us about Ben Romax Ten. What do you think? What can you get us? What can you do to what can you give us to us uh, no for us to send you our whiskey? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think of uh, of base statements? Do you work for for a whiskey company? Do you send have samples? Accents? <laughs> <laughs> we'll review them. But and I think, consume them. Uh, we should have a cheers and that will do us. Everyone? Yep. Chin chin. Chin Cheers. chin. It's my blend. Yeah. All right. blend. I'll, I'll blend. <laughs> it's my blend. <laughs> it's my cast. Thanks for listening to the handsome gentleman from Malted. Please email us your thoughts at maltedthepodcast at gmail.com. Stalk us on Facebook at Malted. Gaze upon us with Instagram at Malted Podcast. Consume our 140 character opinions on Twitter at Malted Podcast. You can listen to us at SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and all good podcast platforms by searching for Malted Podcast. Slanche.